Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's nice to be back. Nice to have you back. Nice to be here. Yes. Well, I don't know if I'm talking to you. Are we blaming me? Well, no, you, you know. Well, you did have that. I did cold. have a cough, and when when you and did not cold. show up, Brian goes, "Thanks, Whoopi's out." <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume that is because when you have little ones, yeah. you will always have things that you travel with. So as people tell you, "Yeah, take off your mask. Don't worry about. It. We're not going to check anymore. Just know the flu <laughs> is still will fly in." Well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the f- that's the view. And I played it from the beginning because you had to hear it. I know I'm not supposed to, yet they keep pulling me back in. In 40 seconds, they went from, hey, everybody, to if you take off your mask, you're going to die. 40 seconds. I played it for you. You heard it. You're like, why is Tony starting with this? What's happening? Am I I on the right station? What's going on here? That's what happened. I mean, that's crazy. Why would you... Why why would you start with that? Well, because when everything, everything is political in your life and you have to make it political in your life, what else would you possibly say? What else could you possibly say? Could you imagine living this way, living this diseased life? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What is going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number. Would be thrilled uh, to talk to you. But it wasn't the only crazy thing they said today. Oh, yes, I'm going to do this to you. Because you should know that some people will never stop lying. And some people will never stop eating it up. What, what else happens is, um, I think overreaching and overcompensating and just overdoing it. Because to me, when you are removing all gender-specific words from the Oompa Loompas, I mean, people, the Oompa Loompas are fictional. Yeah. They're made-believe. But, you know, when you're doing that kind of thing, it, then it lends itself for folks uh, on the right to say, oh, this is what wokeism is all about. You've got to be anti-woke. Let's pass an anti-woke act. Let me tell you what I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned about you editing out words from a book. I think that's stupid. I'm concerned about you editing out black history studies from AP courses in Florida. And I... The level of ignorance from Anna Navarro is astounding because if one was actually editing out history, that would be awful. It would be equally awful if one was editing books to not say what they said in order to be woke in order to engage some Orwellian dystopian hellscape. How does Anna Navarro square the circle of her pseudo-intellectualism here? It is obvious and it is clear to me that if you are concerned with one thing and not the other thing, well then you don't know what the actual thing is. 
No one is talking about editing out black history in Florida. That's a lie. Anna Navarro's a liar. Tell her I said so. It doesn't matter what she says in response. She can call me a racist. She can call me a sexist. By the way, you bet your butt I'm mansplaining. I'm a man, and I explain things, and that's how it works. I don't apologize for it. I don't apologize for being a man, and I don't apologize for explaining things, and well, that's the way it is, and I know that most of you are totally down with it and uh, and kind of love it. Yes! 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 Apologize to Anna Navarro to hell with that. You can't lie and then tell me somehow I'm the problem for noticing. You also need to get a sense of humor. I mean, my goodness gracious. The editing of the books comes first. We were talking about, as she was talking about Oompa Loompas, because the books of Roald Dahl, D-A-H-L, first name Roald, R-O-A-L-D, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, a host of others, getting edited by what are known as sensitivity readers. And what they do is they read books and they say, hmm, this isn't very nice. Here we are calling Augustus Gloop fat. Nope, nope, let's erase that and let's call him enormous because that word is still okay. It's better to call a kid enormous than fat? How about the fact that the kid's last name is Gloop? And this is happening. And Puffin, the, the, the publisher, was doing this. It took the queen consort, uh, Camilla Bowles Bark, uh, uh, Camilla uh, Bowles Parker, is that her last name? Uh, the wife of, of, uh, of the king there. Um, and, and saying that this is ridiculous for Puffin to kind of beg off. But it's not stopping everybody. The sensitivity readers will read. And now what they're reading, well... That's James Bond. Sensitivity readers, that's actually the name of the job, can you imagine? Are going through Ian Fleming's works and they're being edited to get rid of racist and sexist terms. Now, if, if you want to have a conversation really quick about mansplaining, uh, let me try and, and, and do this. James Bond books are built on the same canard, if you will. He's the best. He gets into danger. He gets out of danger. He has a new gadget that is specific to the danger. Oh, and he's totally getting with your mom. Oh, yeah, there is nobody that, that James Bond isn't totally going to have sex with. And I'm talking about nasty sex, and he doesn't even call back the next day. Oh, oh, and the women who have uh, the nasty sex with him are thankful for it, and then they tell their friends, you will not believe the time I had with James Bond. My goodness gracious, I, I'm ashamed of myself, but I'm not that ashamed. That's the whole book. That's the whole series. That's it. James Bond is not appropriate. James Bond is a is a story about, you know, a dream. We'll get to that in a second, but across Indiana, we're dealing with severe weather. Let's bring it to our newsroom over here and find out what's going on. 
This is a severe weather alert from the Technology Recycler Storm Desk. This, these, these storms that have been coming through Monroe County had just uh, dealt with uh, some of them. Um, this is all part of that derecho, which is a a straight line of storms that comes out of other storms' existence, if I have that part correctly. So this all started um, before the weekend, really, with the weird weather in California and the snow that they got, and there was this, this massive band of weather and that kind of dropped down. And then uh, yesterday, I know of people who were getting ready to ride this out, serious hail and other issues in places like Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it has started to make its way up. Now, the real band was going up through Illinois, and we were getting basically the periphery of it when we saw a lot of rain across the state of Indiana. Uh, Today, uh, that has now started to make its way through and that's what we're getting some of these serious bands uh, of weather monroe county as i said just dealing with that and went through brown um now uh, as you're hearing about it into bartholomew uh we bring it to you because uh th- these are the things that matter what's so amazing is that if if there was a half an inch of snow in Manhattan, you would be forced to hear about it 24-7-365. If it gets hot in California, you have to hear about it all the time. By the way, it's a desert. It gets hot. But things happen across the Midwest, and somehow, amazingly, it's like, oh, we gets reported on two weeks later. Like, you know, a derecho that just, like, really damages Iowa, which happened a couple years back, or a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. It somehow gets just avoided and missed. Uh, I try not to miss them. I want to make sure that I'm sharing uh, the, the subjects, what's going on, where, either where you live or people you know are, are, are around. So we do pay attention to where those storms are and where they're, they're going. Um, as with everything, what's so fascinating is that with these kinds of things, like like you can see these big name storms and then like very little happens, but sometimes a small squall will come through your neighborhood and just rip everything apart. This is one of those things that you're not necessarily ready for and it could just like, it could really do some damage. So that's why we share it and along with focusing on us, which is pretty dang important. So we'll keep uh, things, uh, we'll keep things fluid. And hopefully this stuff will pass by and not bother anybody. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Um, we're picking up the show and we're going on the road, people. That's what's going on. Uh, so, so Wednesday, I travel. Wednesday, I'm going to be out. Uh, Guy Relford, Second Amendment attorney, is going to be sitting in, in the chair. You're going to enjoy it. Uh, and heading out to D.C., which I don't necessarily recommend anybody actually do. And going to the Conservative Political Action Conference, going there to, and we're going to broadcast live, uh, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, Relay Indiana, our sponsor, uh, really do appreciate them, RelayIndiana.com, and we're going to be broadcasting. Uh, So what, what happens usually is we're there on Radio Row, and we've, we've been doing this enough that we've got a pretty good setup. 
It is. And then uh, there, there are different people, different walks of life, a lot of politicos, especially now that it's back in D.C. For, because, uh, because for the past couple of years, it's been in Florida because of COVID and Florida was free. And uh, D.C. and Maryland, where this is actually taking place, was less than free. So it's now back in Maryland, which I don't agree with, but that's where the politicos are. So that's where they go. Uh, and we grab interviews as we can. So I'm going through the list of people, and I'm like, who should we grab interviews with? So I'm going to give you the whole list, and then you can send me a, a, a tweet at Tony Katz, who I should grab the interview with. Marsha Blackburn, senator from Tennessee. Mike Braun, senator from Indiana. We can always get that one. Lauren Boebert, representative of Colorado. I have interviewed her before. She's, she's very nice. Uh, then there's uh, uh, Dr. Ben Carson former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Representative Jamie Comer of Kentucky, who has been just everywhere lately because he's the chairman of House of uh, Oversight. So waste, fraud, and abuse in government, that's, that's him. Senator Ted Cruz. Last time I saw Senator Cruz, I gave him a cigar. Um, here, what I have learned about, I was talking about cigars earlier. What I've learned about cigars is that uh, McCarthy changed the rules and smoking is now allowed on the Hill. So everybody's like smoking cigars. But I don't think these people know anything. I don't think they know good cigars. I think they're, they're hotboxing, which is a weird thing to do with cigars. Um, so I want to I wanna try and help them. I really want to run a class. That's what I want to do. I want to run a class in D.C. Um, uh, Byron Donalds, Representative Donalds of Florida. I would actually like to interview him. Tom Fitton of Judicial Watch is, Watch is going to be there. Riley Gaines. I think she's going to be the standout. Who is Riley Gaines? She is a swimmer, NCAA All-American, and she's the one who had to go up against Leah Thomas, who's a man, and was like, this isn't right. This is absolutely positively not correct. This is a serious issue, this letting men think that they're women and compete. I didn't say you couldn't live your life. I didn't say you couldn't dress a certain way. I didn't say you couldn't change your name. But competing with women when you're a man is, of course, wrong, and it should be stopped. And it should also be stopped, this idea that somehow I have to comply and um, celebrate you. No, I don't. I don't have to celebrate anything. And also, uh, because I'm a believer in equality, you don't have to celebrate me. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, so Riley Gaines, I think, is going to be a uh, very high-profile guest. Marjorie Taylor Greene, do I want that interview? Do I w- Maybe I do. Maybe, maybe, maybe I do. Nikki Haley will be there, the uh, former ambassador, now presidential candidate. I would do that interview. Uh, Jim Jordan uh, of Ohio, Senator Kennedy of Louisiana. I would love to do that interview. Love to do that interview. Are you kidding? So much fun. So much fun. Let's see who else. Um, Candace Owens. Candace, is that a worthy interview? She talks enough and it doesn't, it's not necessary. That'd be, that would be my take. That would be my take uh, right there. Who else do we have on uh, the list? Senator Rick Scott of Florida. Is there uh, Kevin Stitt of Oklahoma? I'd actually have a couple questions for him. J.D. Vance, who we had on the show uh, just a couple weeks ago, the senator from Ohio, and Senator Zinke, 
not Senator, Congressman Zinke um, of Montana, who used to be um, uh, the Secretary of the Interior. That, that's who he is. So th- those are some of the people who are going to be there. So we're going to grab the interviews that we can and talk to people. But, of course, Trump's going to be there. Now I have a question about whether DeSantis is showing up or not. The Pompeos, see, Pence won't be there. P- Pence is not coming. Pence will not be there. Just, stay, just saying what is. So if there's somebody you think I should interview, let me know. Let me know about it and so I can I can make sure to, to try and grab them. It doesn't always work out. People are busy. They've already got, you know, uh, they're already scheduled, all sorts of things. But we do try. Tulsi Gabbard's going to be there. Tulsi Gabbard is not a conservative. She's going to be at the Conservative Political Action Conference? Huh. But I've done that interview. I would do that one again. I would do that one uh, again. Uh, so be sure to be listening Thursday and Friday because we're going we're gonna to have it all for you live. My thanks to Relay Indiana. Relay Indiana uh, doing uh, fine work there and uh, appreciate them being so supportive. I'm going through the list of... Carrie Lake is going to be there. Do you do the Carrie Lake interview? Do you do... Do you do the Carrie Lake interview? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of push on that. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe I just say yes to everything and see how it all goes. I can live with that. Find everything, TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz Today. Look what you people have done to me. There I was, not feeling 100%, not sure if it's allergies or whatever it was, but there I am, watching IU beat Purdue in a bar-like setting. I was trying to bro. I'm still really bad at it. Tony Katz, good to be with you. JMV joins us from 93.5-1075, the fan. He is the voice of sports in Indiana. It is uh, IU over Purdue, 79-71. This is the first time that Purdue has won. I'm sorry, that IU has won uh, there uh, at Mackey in forever. First time that IU has swept Purdue in uh, forever. Jalen Hood Shafino uh, get to know the name, I guess, just with an outstanding, outstanding night, 35 points. Uh, JMV, I texted you during the game, and I'm like, what is happening here? And your words were, this is the best execution I have seen from IU ever. Is that the difference in this game? Well, actually, I think it was in the last – that's the best game I've seen IU play, Tony, in the last eight to ten years, somewhere in that neighborhood. That's how well they executed. And here's the thing. Offenses – and I had Matt Painter on with me last week, and we kind of talked about this. He said, you know, sometimes we run our offense, and it doesn't look good uh, to me, but we're knocking down shots, and it looks good to everybody else. So hitting shots is the key all the way around here. It was the key for IU – 
they executed. They got the shots that they wanted. They knocked them down. And then Purdue didn't. Purdue got wide open looks, Tony, throughout the course of that game and just could not more times than not outside of Zach Eady deliver. And that's what it comes down to right there. It comes down to shot-making ability. And, again, it, it makes it makes your offense look like that you're running it uh, as best as you ever have. And then sometimes if you don't hit it, you can be running your offense well. Those shots aren't going down. And that's exactly what happened to Purdue because of IU on Saturday night. It was impressive. The most impressive win I've seen from the Hoosiers in a while. Um, we discussed this game and thought that Purdue was going to come out ahead in this one. You talk about the missed shots uh, from uh, Purdue. Is this a team that is too reliant on Edie, who, by the way, had 26 points in 37 minutes? It's not like he had himself a bad night. No, it's they're eerily similar to IU. And I'll make a point of this here with both teams. They, they both need support offensively for their stars. And in the case on Saturday night, Tony, IU got that. IU got that, especially from Jalen Hood Shafino, who I think scored 35. So 36 was the all-time freshman record, I believe, going back to the freshman season Correct. of uh, Jay Edwards back in the 80s, which was beyond impressive. But they got support from Jalen Hood Shafino, got support from Miller Cop. Trey Galloway was outstanding. That's what they needed on that night because they took away Trace Jackson Davis. He had 10 points and eight rebounds. But on the other hand, Purdue also needs this, Tony, and they did not get it. They didn't get it from anybody. It was Zach Eady that you could expect. But the consistency offensively for anybody else on Matt Painter's team was not there. And these teams are mirror images when it comes to that. They both need their stars getting that support, getting that help. One team got it on the road on Saturday night. The home team didn't. Talking to JMV from 93.5, 107.5, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. Let's talk about that IU team because you take a look at Jalen Huchifino. 35 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. By any stretch, an incredibly good night. You talk about that freshman record. But then you take a look at Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, eight rebounds, seven assists, 10 points. Take a look at Galloway. Four rebounds, five assists, 13 points. We don't consider that uh, a very good night from either one of them, specifically Trace uh, Jackson Davis. What was going on with him? What happened that had this game 40 minutes and 35 points for Jalen Huchifino? How did that switch occur? No, well, Huchifino hit shots, uh, and he was—he got some open shots too. A lot of shots going to the basket, a lot of mid-range stuff, and they were trying to to take Trace out. I mean, and they did really. They were throwing double teams at him a lot, and he was making some decisions to defer to guys, and and guys helped him out. Miller Cop, as you mentioned, Jalen Huchifino. I think it goes without saying. If you watch the game, the floor game overall, Tony of Trey Galloway. He was as good as we have seen him at IU. And I mean on both ends, too. He played fast, yet he played in control on both ends. I thought offensively, he looked that way, fast and in control. And defensively, you couldn't ask for anything else. Overall floor game, Trey Galloway, I thought, had his best as a Hoosier on Saturday night. So now we've got, I think they each have two more games uh, to play. IU, both their games are at home. Purdue is one and one, home and on the road. 
Talk to me about how they're starting to look at what's next, what they're looking at uh, for the Big Ten, what they're looking at uh, for uh, for a championship. Tony, you want that double buy in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. You really want that. It's been a while since we've talked about that in terms of IU. You want that. So you got your final regular season games at home. You want to close out. They'll celebrate the career of Trace Jackson Davis. You know, one of the best individual performances IU basketball has seen. That'll be celebrated. But from an IU fan standpoint, it would be great for them to hold that double buy. That was what was so significant because you thought they were going to get lumped back in the rest of that mid-level group in the Big Ten, which is is deep. And they're kind of battling it out right here. And I thought, well, that's where IU's going to be if you lose to Purdue on Saturday night. But now that win propels them them in a great position to get that double bye in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. And again, something we haven't seen in forever. If you close out, hold, serve in these final two regular season games coming up to close out. And we'll see what happens. We'll see if this fires up guys around Trace as well. A little bit of confidence boost. See if you can find some consistency. That was a big deal, Tony, on Saturday night from a Hoosier basketball standpoint. You're the coaches of each team. And clearly, uh, Michael Woodson, at this stage of the game, can do no wrong. Uh, Donald Trump once joked that he could shoot somebody uh, in the middle of Fifth Avenue and nothing would happen to him. Uh, That's the kind of feel you get uh, regarding Woodson. I'm not saying he's going to. Please don't send your emails. That literally the man can do no wrong. Bloomington is like, finally, we've got ourselves a coach who understands what IU basketball is supposed to be like. If you were going to put your finger on on the one thing that he has brought. What is it? Caring. Caring for the rich history. Caring for the program and the way that it looks. I think a lot of what you saw on Saturday night was that. And granted, IU fans can turn on a dime too because there just hadn't been a lot of success from what they knew you know, decades earlier. But it is, it is the caring about the overall program. Caring what IU basketball looks like. That's something that obviously Archie Miller never really understood. And when people, Tony, in the past had said, well, you need an IU guy because an IU guy understands. What you have seen, especially against Purdue outlined this season, is a coach that understands that. And that's not the full battle. That's not going all the way here. You still have to win games. But I think a lot of IU fans, certainly they've been fans of the program forever, can recognize what Mike Woodson, the understanding he has, and the love he has for that program. And, you know, win or lose, you want to win. But that sticks out, I think, each and every time this Hoosier team takes the floor. And now it's just a part of, you know, executing, playing at a higher level, winning games, and then showing that. And on Saturday night, that's exactly what they did. You now have Purdue. They've now got a nice little chunk of losses. You're talking to Matt Painter. What is Matt Painter telling his team going in uh, to these tournaments? Chill out. Don't listen to the outside noise. Hit some shots. They played hard. They just got to be better. You got to be better in your execution. You got to be better with shot making. That's what you have to do. And especially don't listen to the outside noise because the outside noise is going to tell you the outside noise is going to tell you, well, this is the Purdue teams of the past. This is what you always get. They got to shut that out and they got to make some shots beyond Zach Eady. You do that, and I still think they're going to be okay. You do that, and they will be okay. My thanks to JMV. Appreciate him being with us. I forgot to bring up um, the IU women who lost uh, to Iowa. 
they're in Iowa. It's, I mean, I think it's their second loss of of the season. Uh, right there, IU women are very, very outrageously good, uh, and and they're both gonna go right. So so I think that's the just the constant refrain. Everybody's going to the show. We're gonna see them. The question is, how deep? And when I watch this Purdue team, like that's my question. I hear what JMV is saying. And I don't think JMV is wrong. And certainly he knows more than I do. There is no question that he knows more than I do. But I I look at this Purdue team and when he's like, yeah, look, if I'm Matt Painter, I'm telling them to forget the noise. I'm telling them forget this idea that Purdue is always this team, plays really good, but in the end can't get it done and and just block it out and go out there and make shots. Yeah, uh, that is that is something you say. The question is, how do you do? And I was going back and looking at where this Purdue uh, team is. And uh, it's not that I'm not saying that they're not good. They're incredibly good. But if you take a look at the, the, the regular season, they had the loss to Rutgers right there in the middle. And they didn't have another loss until they lost uh, to IU a few weeks back. Then it was the win, the rebound win against Iowa, the loss to Northwestern, the loss to Maryland, the win against Ohio State, and another loss to IU. It's a heck of a time to have the collapse. Now you say to me, Tony, it's not a collapse. I say to you, I'm not so sure this isn't in the psyche. That the wins were actually luckier and that when it comes to being able to grit it out, they can't do it. When it when the time comes where you have to grit it out, you got to have the better defense. You got to make the shots. Purdue can't. Like when the pressure is not even really on, but just a bit on. If you take a look at that first loss to IU, 79-74, they have lost, including that one, they lost four and they've won two in the last six games. How, how am I going to pretend that that doesn't have an effect on the psyche in this team going in uh, to, to conference play, going in uh, to March Madness? Sorry, I think it does. I don't want it for them. Please don't get me wrong. I want Purdue to be wildly successful. I'm staring at the thing. I'm staring at the thing. And I don't know if I believe that this team has the psyche. This isn't a question of talent. This is a question of mindset. I'm not sure. I'm telling you I don't know. And I think it's weird, uh, you know, for... Uh, weird's not the right word. I don't know if JMV is being too too kind, too polite. Oh, they just got to block out the noise. Ah, okay. How does one do that? Because I think, at least based on the record... At least when you take a look at the multiplicity of shots that Purdue missed when they were wide open. Wide, wide, wide open. Well, 
I'm wondering if we're already past the point where you block it out. We're at the point of it's in. How do you get it out? You can't block it out. It's already seeped in. How do you get it out? That's the question. How does Purdue answer? That I do not know. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So it's all DeSantis watch all the time now. Everything is about what is Ron DeSantis doing? When did he do it? Is he running for president? Is this a signal he went to the bathroom? But he did just have a burrito. What does it mean to us? Everyone's got to got to settle down just a little bit. Tony Katz, good to be with you. And this was, well, the news today when you saw Ron DeSantis signing the legislation that would overhaul what's known as the Reedy Creek District, the Reedy Creek Improvement District, that's what allowed Walt Disney World, uh, yeah, it's Disney World down there, Walt Disney World to run as this kind of like independent society, right? They were in control of everything. They gave out their own permits. They had their own fire services, everything else. There was legislation passed in Florida that would have completely ripped away uh, those those considerations. And then they were like, well, that means that the taxpayer is going to have some extra burden. So like, all right, we'll rewrite it a little bit. We'll make some changes a little bit. It'll just be an overhaul. And all of this is because Disney went after the state of Florida regarding the Parental Bill of Rights that really hateful, awful people who like to lie instead of engage honestly, uh, referred to as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Of course, everything involving Don't Say Gay Bill was a complete and total lie. It was a scam. It was a farce. It still is. In my beloved Indiana, they're trying to say that about legislation. They don't care that they lie. It's meaningless to them that they lie. They're fine with it. Uh, What they get upset with is you noticing that they're lying. That is very, very upsetting to them. Uh, So uh, Florida got involved. I should say Disney got involved in that conversation. And uh, then, well, the rest is kind of uh, kind of history, because what DeSantis said is we're not going to put up with that. And um, then uh, then he said, uh, well, I, I don't know if you're going to be here this or not. Then he said this. It give one theme park its own government and then treat all the other theme parks differently. And so we believe that um, that that was not good policy. We believe being joined at the hip with this one California-based company was not something that was justifiable. Or And this really was the entire conversation, how Disney's going to be treated like any other theme park, and that's all there is to it. Is he wrong? Uh, no, not not. Not specifically. Was it the proper move for a governor to go after a private corporation for their commentary about legislation? Uh, I think that's a debatable subject. I, I, I like Ron DeSantis. I, I, I'm fine with Ron DeSantis. And I'm fine with the idea of a president, Ron DeSantis. I really and, and truly am. It's that it's, it's, a, it's a little bit deeper than that. Because there's a question, and it's a legitimate one, about whether or not you go after Disney for this. If you felt that Disney should not have the protections of this Reedy Creek district, well, okay, fine. You you can change those things. Because they commented on a piece of legislation, I'm not 100% sure about that. I do know this. Disney already suffered through going woke. You see them engaging certain levels of, of backtrack, and, well, right right because it's a terrible awful idea and let the market be the thing that hits on them i don't know about government but in the in the main do i care that they they, their status is different no i don't think anybody else does either keep it here i'm tony katz